Welcome to Dragon Talk. I'm Greg Tito. And I'm Trevor Kidd. Hello, and that was Ryan Burping. You heard him. Or you didn't, in which case, because he edited it out. Now yeah. we just sound like we're idiots. Or you guys have very, very powerful hearing. Uh, yes. uh, it's very amazing. So we're excited to talk about uh, PAX today. Yes. Dungeons and Dragons is doing a whole bunch of stuff on PAX. Yes. We've got Acquisitions Incorporated. Yep. The, no- uh, the normal live game. The normal live call, game. Call it the normal yes, live game. Yes, we have a Fathom event. Yes, the Fathom event's going to be awesome. We'll get into it, but 300 theaters. 300 theaters nationwide mm-hmm. watching the Acquisitions Incorporated game live. Yes. It's- so for all of you who are always talking to me about what you can do, I know we stream it now because that's cool because we like that. But if you want to be in a big room with all of your friends eating popcorn, watching the hilarity that ensues on stage, uh, you'll be able to do that hopefully in your uh, theater near you. Yes, and Movie there's, theater there's a cool you. giveaway, which I'll talk more about later. That's it's true. a really cool giveaway. Yeah. What, how, no, no, go ahead. No, talking now? Sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, an adventure that you can only get. Uh, and it's uh, basically a Storm King's Thunder Acquisitions Inc. adventure. You're yeah. basically going to be recruited by Acquisitions Inc. 32 to, pages. Yep. Awesome cover. Wow. I saw that cover yeah. and I was super impressed. It is awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, written by, by Top Notch Teos. That's his new name to me is Top Notch Teos. Top Notch Teos. Uh, it's TT. It's got some yep. uh, alliteration going but on. But she's done some great, great... Also known as Alpha Stream. Yep. Alpha Stream on, on the Twitters and yeah. other other parts of the, of the web. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 great. So the cost of your ticket to the Watch Acquisitions Incorporated gets you a free 32-page physical booklet. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else is going on at PAX? we got the actual uh, play. Yeah, we have a, play, the, uh, a big play area this year. If you go to the second floor of the annex, which is now called the Chelan floor, I guess. The Chelan floor. Yes, we are doing a whole bunch of D&D stuff. The first one, since we're talking about Acquisitions Inc., we'll, we'll I'll just mention you can become an Acquisitions Incorporated intern. Uh, there's a little program you go through. You watch an in, you watch a, an intro video, which which may look similar to other videos you may have seen <laughs> played before pack stuff. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, uh, you watch basically the corporate training video. You get a little rundown of what's going on, and then the survivors of that, which you should all survive because I don't want to be liable or anybody's. You're death. totally dying. You're all dead. Yeah. Um. But the survivors of that uh, get to go on an adventure. Uh, assigned by one Benwin Bronzebottom to go get the ingredients for the Bronzebottom Buck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You get to brew beer with Benwin Bronzebottom B-word. Yep, while being an Acquisitions Incorporated intern. I I know, you you guys don't really understand the prestige. Of being an acquisitions, acquisitions incorporated intern, trust me, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty hot. There are there are benefits. And speaking of asterisk, <laughs> benefits slash uh, detriments. Yeah, uh, there's a footnote which I don't. I'm not going to tell you. And speaking of Ben, we're going to talk uh, to Scott Kurtz yes. from PVP Online all about all this stuff. Yes, Scott. Uh, Scott's been doing lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, comic-wise and Acquisitions Inc.-wise, and he's in the series, which you should all be watching as well right now. That's the right. Acquisitions Inc. Uh, series, which currently airs every. Wednesday. I, I'm like wrapping my head around it because I see it before everybody else does. Yeah, right. Uh, We're all time travelers here on yeah, this yeah. podcast. And uh, yeah, so yeah, he will he will be talking to us about all his all his comics and Acquisitions Inc. stuff, and uh, we'll probably drift around and talk about some other things as well. Yeah, can't wait for that. It's yep. gonna be a fun conversation for sure. I don't think I've ever met Scott. I think I've seen him a couple times, maybe what? shook his hand here no, and there. Should... But no, it'll be cool. It'll be a cool conversation. We should make sure you meet Scott. Awesome. I'll do some high fives. Yeah. You know more people than I do, so I'll introduce you to like the three people I know. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, before we get to that interview, though, we're going to do a lore you should know uh, and delve into some very fancy Dungeons & Dragons lore leading up to Storm King's Thunder. These are some of my favorite new additions to the podcast. Oh, and, thanks, I, and, and Greg's not going to say this. 
but Greg like spearheaded all this stuff. Well, maybe he will. Uh, but uh, he spearheaded having all this cool dr- this part of Dragon Talk, and I'm I'm super ecstatic and happy to hear this because I learned stuff from listening to those that I didn't know. So. That's what I love about it, is that I'm just talking to two people who know a lot more stuff than I do. Yeah, and, and I I get everything for it, and uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. They so. have some encycl- encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of uh, what goes on in the know. Uh, it's nuts. So it's, right. it's crazy. So let's go and uh, and uh, listen to that segment right now. Welcome to Lore You Should Know. Uh, I'm Greg Tito, and uh, Lore is what we're going to be talking about in this segment. Uh, so we investigate little different parts of D&D lore uh, that you may not know uh, and may be of interest to you as you're running our current adventure, Storm King's Thunder. Um, but uh, as we progress, we might investigate other little fun treasures of lore uh, for Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm joined by Chris Perkins. Hello. And Matt Cernet. Hi. And they are here to talk today about the different factions uh, that are uh, operating within the Sword Coast, uh, and especially as pertains to what are they doing before and uh, at the start of uh, the events that begin Storm King's Thunder. Right. Uh, And uh, we're going to be talking about all five of them. uh, Today we're going to talk about only three of them. Okay. And we'll go into more on uh, another segment. All right, then. Uh, so the five, fa- uh, just so everyone knows, what are the five factions that we generally refer to? Uh, the five factions are the Harpers, the Zentarim, the Emerald Enclave, the Lord's Alliance, and the Order of the Gauntlet. Excellent. That was a, that was like a, a a quiz I was just giving you. I felt like <laughs> I put you on the spot there, but you you did it excellently. So well done. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the Harpers. I feel like those are a faction that uh, a lot of people love to identify with. Uh, tell us what the, what their basic shtick is and uh, what they're doing for Storm King's Thunder. Well, I think that's that's for you. I'm I'm, I'm here for the, the old lore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Harpers have been around in the Forgotten Realms for a long, long time. As Matt will will. Um, elucidate upon. Elucidate upon. Uh, they are a group of, for lack of a better term, do-gooders. Uh, their charge really is to prevent power from falling into the wrong hands and being abused. Now, what's interesting about the Harpers is they often don't take a direct hand in events. Uh, they, while seeking to um, protect people who can't protect themselves against tyrants and other people who would control them, they often work behind the scenes or through intermediaries uh, using their magic, uh, their web of information, and anything else at their disposal to bring these evildoers down. Mm -hmm. Um, Some Harpers are more aggressive about their charter than others. The other thing about the Harpers is that uh, they operate in secret for the most part. They don't have... Uh, by and large, uh, big guild halls or recruitment centers or anything on that scale. Uh, You often don't know you're talking to a harper uh, when one is standing right in front of you. Mm. Um, It's rare for them to announce themselves or to declare themselves a member of the organization. And partly that's for their own security, but it also helps in terms of spying, which is a big thing that they do, uh, and recruitment, which is another thing that they do. Um, often you don't know you're being tested by a Harper who's interested in bringing you into the organization until after you've passed. Um, if you fail, you'll never hear from the Harpers again, <laughs> probably. Uh, so there have been many famous uh, realms, 
figures who have had ties to the Harpers, including uh, Elminster, our archwizard of Shadowdale. And uh, the organization has made powerful enemies within the world, including their rivals, the Black Network, AKA the Zentarum, which we'll talk about a little bit later. The Harpers and the Zentarum are legendary adversaries, um, but they operate very differently. So in Storm King's Thunder, the Harpers are one of the five key factions who have a vested interest in the future of the North, which is imperiled by the activities of the Giants. And so their main goal is to gather information about why the Giants are so uppity all of a sudden, okay. and to figure out the best, most expedient way of dealing with this latest crisis and protecting the cities and peoples of the North. Got it. And so, Matt, where, where, I mean, we mentioned uh, uh, Elminster uh, mm -hmm. as being a longtime member. Is that, as far as we know, the first member that we heard of? Or is... Oh, goodness, no. Oh, oh. High stars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in Realm's history, timeline-wise, the Harpers as an organization go back over a thousand years. So uh, there's a figure um, whose name is like Deathloo Mist Winter or something like that. And she is, I believe, an elf wizard in the area that um, I guess is now the Cormanthir Forest, Cormanthor Forest area, uh, who was um, originally one of the first members of the Harpers, at, or I guess as it was called then, um, the uh, Harpers at Twilight. And her family... Uh, sign, sigil, or whatever, is the basically the symbol that the Harpers use okay. uh, up, up to now. I, I think the only real difference is I had a black background as opposed to blue, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> Why was it called the Harpers at Twilight? So the, the organization was um, sort of a, a secret organization of just a few individuals who were coming together to... Um, uh, do basically fundamentally the same mission that the Harpers have uh, in the modern day. And uh, as far as why it was called the Harpers at Twilight, uh, that's a little unclear. Um, they certainly did, you know, play songs and music and stuff like that, but it was primarily a, an organization of, uh, um, you know, wizards and rangers and, and mostly elves uh, in that sort of Cormanthor um, uh, area. And so the, they changed their name because they found out there was a rock band called the Harpers <laughs> of Twilight. Yeah. They're like, we can't be associated <laughs> yeah, with them. Exactly, what? Exactly. So one of the fascinating things I went on just kind of digging into it a little bit is is that uh, the one of the first sort of most famous members that is uh, still to some degree extant in the Forgotten Realms uh, is Kelvin Blackstaff. So uh, that dude is named uh, Kelvin Aronson Blackstaff, and he's Aronson because he's literally was Aaron's son, going back to some original member of the Harpers, and then he became sort of one of the first Harpers outside of the organization. So basically, he's been with that organization for about a thousand years as well. Uh, he's had a couple of different incarnations where he pretended to be himself, and then his, like his son, he pretended to be his own grandson or something like that. I forget how that <laughs> works. But um, so he stuck around uh, for ages and ages in the realms and had a huge vested interest in uh, the Harpers and what it did. Um, eventually, uh, in like the 1370s, uh, it was discovered that he uh, made a deal with some Zentarum people to, I think it was Fazul at that point, but I'm not sure. And 
the Harpers basically said, we don't make deals with the Zentarum. These are our longtime enemies. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it. We're, you're, you're out of the Harpers. And so he, he, was, he went off and formed his own group called the Teltukera or the, the Moon Stars. When you get back to uh, the fourth edition of Forgotten Realms, the Harpers are basically defunct. And it's not until uh, the Spell Plague and Teltukera and Moon Stars basically coming back and resurrecting the organization to a degree and sort of reforming uh, with the Harpers that you finally get to where we are today. One of the, the sort of weird elements of the Harpers that I think is really interesting is that it's always been an organization of basically Robin Hood-like figures. It's a small bands um, working against uh, greater odds, and uh, it, it fluctuates in size right. from, from age to age. There's a point at which... It's decentralized, it, so you can't just like chop off the head and make it go away. There right. is no head. Yeah, there's a point at which basically where Elminster and Friends and Kelvin have to resurrect the organization because it's basically died off, and there's nobody left to do it, and they have to go and find a new band of adventurers to, to join up and, and start yeah. it all again. And so uh, there was a series of novels, the, the Harper series of novels, I think there were 12 of them, uh, sounds about right. And that detailed a whole bunch of different adventures, the various different types of Harpers that went on, and there's been tons of Harpers and other novels and so on. And I think over time that gave the impression, uh, particularly internally to TSR and then Wizards, that the Harpers were this major, massive organization of, the, of these superheroes that were kind of in the way of Forgotten Realms adventurers. You know, they were doing all the things in the Forgotten Realms and nobody else could do things because they were in the way doing things. Right, right. And so that might have been some of the motivation for in 4th edition why they were suddenly just kind of killed off. Like, there are no more Harpers, but here's this thing about Harper here and here and here and here, but there are no more Harpers. And so uh, I think now that we've um, Resurrected the group, we can kind of restore them to that status of being that Robin Hood band once again. These, these yeah. sort of, uh, you know, secretive spies. You know, hey, if if you're somebody, an organization that that says we go and take out tyrants, you don't let the local mayor know that because he might not know whether or not you think he's a tyrant. So <laughs> you, know, right. you have to be, you have to maintain secrecy and, and keep things small. Right. And I like the idea of there being like different cells of, of, of Harper's happening and, and basically popping up whenever it needs to happen. And maybe there was someone who had a previous yeah. affiliation with them who is now recruiting people and, and helping out for a specific reason or a cause. It's also possible that different cells could be working at cross purposes and not even know not it. Not even know it. Um, just because they are isolated and they've got their own intentions and their own goals and their own enemies that they want to thwart. Awesome. Interesting. All right, cool. Well, let's move on uh, to uh, the Lord's Alliance, uh, which is a much more uh, uh, rigid kind of a gre- uh, group. Yes, yes. If the if the Harpers are sort of an analog to Robin Hood, the Lord's Alliance is an analog to NATO. Yeah, or, or the World Trade Organization. <laughs> yeah, the World Trade Organization. It is a, it is a confederacy of loosely allied political powers, mostly based in cities throughout the North. So Waterdeep is a member of the Lord's Alliance. Neverwinter is. Silvery Moon is. Um, in light of recent events in novels and things, a few members that used to be of the Lord's Alliance no longer are. Like okay. Sunderbar, for instance, left the Lord's Alliance after they were basically abandoned by their allies uh, <laughs> during, during the, orc, the recent uh, orc incursions in the Silver Marches. Uh, but, yes, the Lord's Alliance is a political organization. And... Um, if you think of it as NATO, it's much easier to sort of wrap your brain around it. Each city has its own interests, but it realizes or recognizes that 
many of its interests are aligned with those of other cities in the north, usually having to do with common threats. And like the giants in Storm King's Thunder or the dragons from Tyranny of Dragons would be common threats that would cause the Lord's Alliance great concern. Um, nice. So where did, uh, where did the idea of the Lord's Alliance come from, Matt? So uh, the Lord's, I mean, timeline-wise, the organization is actually relatively uh, young. It's only about 100 or 150 years old. Uh, and it came about in response to the rise of Am as a economic and social superpower. So there's a period in the Forgotten Realms history of the Sword Coast where Am, which is this nation to the south, uh, not as far south as Kalimshan, but um, still you know, pretty far south, and it is a full-on nation, uh, whereas most of the other places in the, the north are city-states or villages or towns, that kind of a thing. Am is tons of cities, tons of towns, tons of villages, all aligned under the rule of these oligarchs. And their primary interest is just making more and more money and through trade or war or whatever they can do. And so uh, the Lord's Alliance came about to basically join together these other countries or other nation states, uh, city states in the north and villages and so on in, under trade agreements and mutual protection agreements in case Am decided to come north and attack or in case they decided to you know, make trade deals separately with different things that pit them against one another. And so it was just, it was a, a really just sort of a self-protective element of, of uh, those various city-states and towns and so on in the north. Interesting. Yeah. And what's also interesting about the Lord's Alliance is because um, the, they're essentially, um, each their, their members are cities, is that as characters who get involved in the Lord's Alliance, they can eventually be almost like James Bond type agents. Uh, whose devotion and dedication to the city puts them in conflict with anybody whose interests oppose that city. Um, and so you can get Lord's Alliance agents from Waterdeep crossing paths with Lord's Alliance agents from Mirabar, and it's like, you know, James Bond meeting, you know. The CIA guy. Sorte or. Yeah. yeah or not necessarily CIA being, right. like, they're on the same side ostensibly, yes. but they have different uh, methods and right. means to make yes. that happen. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, let's move on then to, uh, well, before we move on, let's talk about what the Lord's Alliance is doing specifically in Storm King's Thunder. They just meeting or, or uh, about what is happening with this giant's incursion? Uh, that's a very good question. They're obviously concerned about the giants. Uh, for instance, at one point in Storm King's Thunder, a cloud giant castle parks over Waterdeep, sort of Independence Day style. Uh, and that raises concerns in Waterdeep, and obviously the Lord's Alliance want to get to the bottom of that. But as rumors get around that giants are everywhere, the Lord's Alliance is just basically reaching out to each other and trying to trying to learn information, uh, gauge what the giants want, and find some way to protect their cities from these oversized broods who can basically push down their walls. Um, the Lord's Alliance, unlike the Harpers, has no qualms about being proactive. And right. it's, uh, they'll only get, they, they're happy to gather information to a point, but if they even catch a whiff of something that threatens their livelihood or threatens the economic stability of their city, they're gonna go after it and destroy it. Um, without worrying too much about information. Now, there's an interesting little twist in Storm King's Thunder that the Lord's Alliance may be, if you believe certain individuals, responsible for what the giants are doing. Oh. Um, and the characters might have to get to the bottom of that 
track that rumor, rumor down. Exactly. Got right. it. And that, that's an implication that really um, gives many giants sort of a, a, a reason for basically opposing or um, fighting any of the city-states of the Lord's Alliance, which, you know, according to the giants, is pretty much anything smaller than six feet tall. So <laughs> they don't really make a yeah. distinction at a certain point, right? Like, if they're all bad, you know, so. Right. They're just small folk cities to them. It doesn't matter if they're Neverwinter right. or called Mirabar or whatever. I mean, once you once they understand that they are allied with one another, well, then that, that just implicates everybody. You know, all bets are off. Right. Yeah. NATO must go down. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Interesting. All right, great. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, I think that was a lot on uh, uh, those two factions. Um, and let's, uh, uh, we'll pick it back up uh, with another session of Lori Snow and uh, investigate what the other factions are doing. Cool. All, All right. right. Thank you guys very much. That was amazing. Yeah, that was great. Don't you just love hearing like Chris and Matt just dish about lore. Yeah, that's the like, again, they just know more about this stuff than anybody I've ever sat down yeah. with with a conversation. Yeah, I'm glad we got to hear about Harpers because those are some of the coolest, most interesting they, factions. They are pretty cool. Yeah. It's been interesting to watch them change from, you know, as 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 the the, the eras have gone on and, yeah. and what they are now. So exactly. They're awesome. Very cool. And of course, my favorite Lord of Waterdeep uh, faction to play with. Oh, really? Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I've I've actually enjoyed the Zentarum more lately than just because they're black. Now they've made. Oh, yes. I, I I I like I like the guys that, that that look and look all dressed up and ready for the night. No, it's just because they've they were like so evil before, mm. uh, and now they're like, oh look, we're not evil, we're fine, and they're basically like organized crime. Nice. Uh, well, so, we can't. Get, we I can't wait to get into uh, the Zentarum in, in a future. Yes, Lord, you they will get podcast there. because there is a lot to delve into there mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, all right, but before that, let's get into uh, some Acquisitions Incorporated stuff with Scott yes. Kurtz. Let's call him up. Call him up. Ring him up. Beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. Hello. 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 Mr. Scott Kurtz. Yes. <laughs> I guess that is the appropriate reply. That <laughs> is I. That is me. <laughs> all right. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Glad to have hey. you on the podcast. We're here Glad to talk to about here. all things Scott. Finally. Yes, this is the Scott Show. We actually renamed it. Uh, and uh, I want to let Finally, you know. Finally, a podcast that focuses on me. We wanted to focus it's on, all on about you. what the logo should look like, though. But apparently you're, you're an artist or something, so maybe you could you could figure out what that we were thinking about uh, Scott podcast logo could be. Some of the concepts we were throwing about, let me just throw one to you. It's a big S and a triangle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm seeing red and yellows. Exactly. Not, a little I bit of blue. That's really good. Blue in there. I like yeah. where your head's at. On the on yeah on the blue field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. So just draw that up and make it look pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'll great. send you the real logo with this, which is just a big foot in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's well, that's just the your, your I mean your job is basically finding hot buttons or, or issues and talking about them, right? And, and making fun of some of them and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty sure there there probably is a good amount of a foot mouthing from time to time, just because that's that's the business. I don't do as much of it as I used to, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I have, I have a, a lot of experience. <laughs> I have a lot of experience, yeah. Making comics for a while. I, well, I don't want to, man, it's, it's a hard topic to talk about. I think Without right. actually mentioning the con- controversies? You, you, yeah, you, exactly. You, you did a really good job, and, and I think a, a recent comic thing, basically pointing out, like, hey, this stuff is hard to talk about. Oh, these, yeah, that these, was really these good. These strips aren't that funny, because I'm not making fun of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, every once in a while. Like, you do... Uh, you know, like there, there, there were also special episodes of Blossom. So, um, 
It wasn't always funny. Man, that Joey guy can sometimes have a big heart. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Jinx, you only coke. Um, yeah, I really wanted to talk about it, and um, it was just something that was on my mind. I had had a recent conversation with a friend, and, uh, you know, it was a tough conversation. Yeah. And it ended with both of us saying, so now what? Like, that was that was the... That was where we left it. Was so now what? You yeah. know, no and, one had an answer. But and because we're dancing around around the topic, and, and the viewers may not all know, know the comic. It's 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 a it's a series of of comics that Scott recently did about uh, about uh, the gay member of the team and kind of the stuff that he's going through. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a storyline where um, uh, Brent w- was razzing Max about a new boyfriend, which all things being equal would be fine, you know. Uh, friends tend to do that, but yeah. in light of everything that's been going on, Max was not was not feeling it, and it led to uh, a pretty frank discussion. It was good. I really enjoyed writing it. We got a ton of really great feedback, and um, you know, in any creative endeavor, you you uh, you want to connect with a readership. Otherwise, you would just you know draw it and write it and look at it and take a deep breath and start a new canvas and just not show anyone. But if you're going to show it to people, you want to connect. And that's really the goal. So um, whether you do it by making them laugh or making them think or, uh, or doing both at the same time, ideally, yeah. Yeah. it feels good. It's, it, it, it's reaffirming. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm really lucky about is especially earlier in my career, there was a lot more negativity coming at us but these days um i don't think uh, you know comics especially syndicated cartoons used to reach some kind of a tenure where uh you once you had a syndicated comic after a certain number of years you really just never dropped below a certain readership you had your fans forever and Mm -hmm. newspapers could get rid of you i mean Mm -hmm. things have changed now but it, it still happens in comics you you see people like Sergio Argonas and Usagi Ojimbo and, and <laughs> Jeff Smith with Bone and these guys, they have – essentially they have tenure. They can – as long as they're willing to make it, they have a group uh, – you know, they have a, a solid fan base that, that wants to read it. Everyone else just kind of doesn't. So there's not a lot <laughs> of people – there's not a lot of hipness in being the person who doesn't like PvP anymore. So <laughs> we don't really hear negative stuff. Yeah, wow. That was uh, like cutting edge about 15 years ago. I remember those years. Yeah. yeah. 15 years ago, it was it – was, really cool to be the per- that, person is, that didn't like is it. that also like like the feud times between penny arcade and pvp was that like is, is that the same years where like there was the feud slash fake feud back in the day <laughs> oh uh i guess we're all fine and what's the point of being jerks but everyone liked it and expected it <laughs> jerks so is on like, brand just, people yeah <laughs> yeah why don't we just pretend to be jerks so we kept it going for a while. Yeah. But. It's, it's on fleek, as the kids say. Oh, man. I don't, right. think, they say that. I don't think they say that anymore. I think they've moved on. Shit. <laughs> I'm always behind the curve. <laughs> and car- I don't know where we are And right cargo now. shorts are out. A, I don't think there's a feud right now. There's no feud. <laughs> <laughs> there's no feud. Make or otherwise. No. Well, so, speak- yeah, well, when you take the stage on uh, uh, for Acquisitions Incorporated, uh, yeah, there, there won't be any fist fights yeah. amongst gets, each other. If it gets people into theaters and into the seats... Then, then they will have a fist fight. There could possibly be a feud happening right now. And it won't be revealed until you watch the 
the final next episode one. of Acquisitions Incorporated the series. <laughs> what, what, what could potentially <laughs> be the final episode? I mean, I mean, yes, for for, for this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so you were speaking about like all this cool comic stuff and huge fans. You guys are, are pretty big now because you have like multiple comics, right? So there's this one. There's table. Mm-hmm. There's table titans. And I know yeah. Tavis does Ben wins minions, but you're I'm sure you're involved in that stuff still. So. You guys still host that all up, and that's, that seems like that's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. A lot of it having to do with D and D, which I'm happy about. Yeah, I mean, um, when uh, Corey Cassoni came on board as my, I don't know, we were talking yesterday about what his title is. Um, <laughs> Grand Poopa. I call him Obi Wan, uh, but yeah, he he, um, you know, business developer, brand brand manager. I don't know, um, but when he came on to help me, you know, he kept asking me. Okay, what do you want to do next? And I'm like, I didn't really think past being a cartoonist. And he's like, Well, you have more bandwidth now, right? I mean, y- you can. I'll take over a bunch of stuff, so you can you can decide what do you want to do next. And I, I was like, Well, I've always wanted to do a fantasy fantasy comics, and uh, you know, that's what got me in trouble playing D and D was that inevitably I would stop paying attention and just start drawing st- stories about my characters. It's what you do at every game, man. You do it every game. I know. It's I awesome, though. I can't help it. It's That's all- the number one question that people ask me about AI, the series, is what am I drawing? And I have no... I don't know. Something something that came up in conversation at the table, and then Scott will start drawing it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or sometimes I, I it's hands. I, drew, I drew a lot of Benwin and Jim and Omen and, um, and stuff. And then at one point, I guess I passed a note to Chris... And I can't remember what the note said. I don't remember if it was a joke or I have no idea. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's what kind of led to Table Titans was, um, you know, D&D was kind of where I first cut my teeth on world building and creating characters and stories around them. And so it's, it's so natural to go, okay, um, our story begins with a fighter, a thief, a cleric, and a wizard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your brain just goes, yes, I know this. And so I was like, that's really cool. That's really exciting. And it feels like the 80s. And, <laughs> but it still feels modern and it's cool. And uh, so oh, that's what led to us making Table Titans. We wanted a group. We wanted a comic that celebrated gaming, celebrated storytelling. And now we're just letting it grow by letting other artists who grew up with the same stuff come in and tell their stories too. So Brian Hurt's telling a story right now and Tavis is doing Benwin's Minions. Yeah. And, um, he created all those characters. They're so funny. Yes. Uh, the little druid girl and the, the duck and uh, they're so good. I love that the duck so, is a character. I, lo- I love that you acknowledge the duck as a character. In the comic. Yeah. I mean, he's in like every, every comic, but I love that you specifically called him out. That was great. <laughs> yeah. She, um, the little druid girl, she, uh, Tavis drew me a, drew a sketch at uh, he was drawing little sketches at Emerald City Con and he drew the druid a picture of her running and casting the spell Duck Swarm and I bought it. <laughs> ah! I was, no, that's mine. That is <laughs> the we need a Duck Swarm spell. Get uh, yeah, Perkins we on totally that do immediately. Yeah, we need errata. Cost, no copyright to announce studio. Sorry. Oh damn! Damn it! I was uh, about <laughs> to just say what it was. It does one d six 
quacking. Well, now, 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 now they're, they're going to take that quacking damage and make it. it their own. Yeah. To be fair, they can probably get away with quacking damage, and we couldn't get away with that. So. <laughs> Nequatic. So yeah. it's it's Quack. actually it's actually really cool and interesting to see this Quack. big resurgence of <laughs> of uh, of D and D come up. You were talking about like the the eighties kind of feel to it, and then there's uh, Stranger Things and and just yeah. like you know D and D was part part of the, the big stuff in the eighties too. But uh, it's really awesome because I'm pretty sure. I'm, and and people can can say I'm lying or I'm wrong. That the live Aquadens Zinc game that that we've done that you've been a part of from the beginning, uh, from the beginning, I think you've been there from the beginning. Am I crazy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From 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 the beginning has a big part to do with getting stuff and getting D and D in front of people uh, and getting them to see it. So uh, working yeah, with you guys for the live crazy. game and the, the podcasts show. and all that stuff has been awesome. Yeah. From day one, right? Because it started off as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We recorded those first eight-hour sessions at the old Northgate offices. Oh, um, wow. No, yeah, Northgate. They were over in Northgate. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, the DMs that came um, in split time recording those. And the things we heard over and over were, um, oh, you know, I started playing D&D because of those podcasts. I decided to give it a try. I think a lot of people were f- – are, are afraid of it. And a lot of people are, are worried that it'll be their turn to talk at the table. They won't know what to do. Yeah. And then when you see it, when you hear it, you go, oh, that's fun. That sounds fun. That's, I'd like to do that. And so, um, yeah, that's the conundrum you guys have. I, you would not, <laughs> you guys would be surprised at how much time I've dedicated to thinking about the problem that you have with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Because what's the problem? What is the, what's the problem? You guys have the most recognizable brand Sweet. associated with role-playing games. But you don't have any characters to exploit because the people that, are, that love this brand, you don't have a Captain America. The Captain America is their character. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, like... You can't, it's like trying to exploit th- hundreds of thousands of characters that everyone else has created. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a, a challenge and so interesting and fascinating. Um, because what happens is that the villain ends up being the star. Yeah. You know? And right. I think, and I think well, that yeah. the, the, the adventures that are the most successful are the ones that have such a clear uh, exactly. villain that are, that so, are like, so iconic. Strahd, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's clear that the, the players are the heroes, but like as far as taking the, the light, if you look at if you look at our book covers or the adventures, you're always going to see some big bad on there. Like, yeah. What, what the player's handbook has. Uh, uh, oh man, I just forgot his name. Kingsner. Thank you, Kingsner, the big the big fire giant with the white dragon uh, helmet, right. and then uh, the monster manual has the big beholder that's basically scaring the crap out of everybody, and then uh, the dungeon master's guide has a Surarek. And people yeah. didn't know that was a Surarek. You now know that's a Surarek. <laughs> and I'm probably saying his name wrong, but that's how I've always said it. A Surarek. And pretty much, you know, all the all the big adventures we've done have focused around a big, huge bad guy or a big group of bad group guys. Of bad yeah. guys. Um, and they and they take center stage as far as that goes. Because you're 100 right. Like uh, we can write stories and do movies and do all the cool stuff that show off awesome awesome heroes. But when a player sits down at the table, they're going to make up their own cool story and their own character. Yeah. Right, right. You're selling an experience. Yes. It's crazy. It's 100 percent experiential, yeah. which is yeah. it's, it's it's been awesome to see this resurgence or this surgence of uh, <laughs> of uh, uh, sure. It's not surprising because and um, 
Well, I don't know. We're not allowed to curse on here, are we? Sure. We can leave it, it out, or we can cut oh. it out, or we can leave well, it in. Well, things have gone so tits up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so scary, oh. right? Like, even the election is, is scary to people. So, if you can get a little piece of... Remember the 80s when things were great for straight white people? <laughs> well, I that. Oh, I miss man. that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There uh, is that nostalgia, though. You're right. It there definitely is a does. nostalgia, I think. But, but you know... It's not all nostalgia because, um, you know, I know most of the people in my age group have kids and every single one of them uh, played with their kids. And those kids have no – they're not they're not feeling some sense of nostalgia. They're, they're experiencing it for the first time. So Yeah, um, but you can yeah. also – I mean I remember I, I had uh, older siblings uh, when I was a kid. And so I was, you know, uh, by the time the 80s were over, I was just turning 12. So I should not have nostalgia for teen movies in the right. 80s, but I do because those were what my older brothers and sisters were doing. And they were the ones who, yeah. who had Dungeons and Dragons books and had all mm-hmm. that kind of. So, you know, you go back to that kind of, uh, you can have nostalgia. For, and I think even the, uh, uh, the creators of Stranger Things, going back to them, you know, they were older. I mean, I think, I think they said that uh, some of them, one of them was, I think, born in 1987. So, like, they, they don't have the nostalgia that they're going on to, yeah. uh, uh, right. but they, they can clue into that kind of still the same feel uh, that everybody else was, was, was feeling at the same time. And, and, and yeah, I think that. it's like it would be like people from our generation watching Back to the Future right? yeah. or Happy Days. Yeah. Or even, um, yeah, I mean, Happy Days is the perfect example because that's yeah. nostalgic for the 50s. Yeah. In the uh, 70s. Yeah. And in the 70s in its own way. Yeah. It's yeah. really I f- weird. I feel like the nostalgia is, is this cool base, and then there were you know, these. Old, these I guess younger generations is what we would be, not older, yeah. but, but who have heard about this stuff or seen this stuff from the outside. And then right. you get to the current edition, which is to me very open and welcoming. It's easy. Uh, it's easy to identify with different characters and, di- and different people, depending on who you are, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was great. And so we get a, more people brought in because that base of nostalgia. Plus, oh, look, this game is really accepting. Oh, look, I don't have to be worried because I'm watching all these other people play D&D on streams or other stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I can do this. And it's just a, a big combination of all these things where like, like people are just... Loving everything D&D. Everything is coming up D&D. Well, and then also, I mean, I wanted to, Scott, you have a big part to do with that yeah, because sure. you showed that it's okay to be a, a, a snarky asshole at the table. Oh! <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think there's a lot sure. of people who, who, I mean, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I meant that in a funny way because, I mean, that's part of the fun I love about being a player around the table is, is giving that comedic relief yes. uh, uh, to the drama that's happening on stage. And you showed how, hey, this is... This is a viable role that, that is being fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I've been doing comics for professionally for 18 years now. And it's, you know, it's gotten around quite a bit. And I've had my fair share of, of you know, quasi micro celebrity. But <laughs> on, the, on the internet. On the internet. And yeah. And so it's fascinating to come out of the office. And, and um, you've been to our little office, yeah. so you know where it's tucked away. Yep. I come out of there one day, and this guy drives by in a truck, and he rolls down his window, and he goes, Hey, hey, we'll, we'll see you at PAX. And I go, Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> We love you. You're the dwarf, right? And I go, Yeah, I'm the dwarf. And he goes, Yeah, you're awesome. We love you. And then they drove off, and, <laughs> and, and my brother was visiting. He goes, I can't take you anywhere. And I said, <laughs> I said, Yeah, but think about it, though. What does he know me for? It's not – he has no idea I make comics. I guarantee you he has no idea I make comics. 
And that happens to me all the time, especially here in Seattle. Like, oh, and I hear all the time, like, oh, you're on that D&D TV show. And I, <laughs> I find that fascinating, too, because they don't say, oh, we watch those YouTube videos. They go, oh, you're on the Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah. I yeah. watch that with my son. Mm-hmm. So that's also interesting. And, um, you know, uh, when I lived in Texas, my mom worked at a vet, and one of her clients was a, um, one of the local anchors. And she used to come and complain that he was so stuck up. But whenever I was visiting my mom and he would come in, everyone would lose their shit. Mm. And I thought, God, you know, he's in everyone's house. Like, not just I know who he is, but, like, everyone locally sees him every night. Like, he is world famous in Poland. Like, he is super famous right here. Like, <laughs> I mean, he really is in that. And then if that – if someone saw him that led to a national anchorship, then he'd be like Dan Rather. So mm. – I was, it was dawning on me that I said, you know, I'm like, uh, I was like that anchor that mom hated. And <laughs> Brian goes, yeah, you really are. And I said, oh. that's what the YouTube is like now. And he's exactly All right. the way it is. So then I have to ask, how do you feel knowing that you're about to be in 300 theaters uh, this PAX West? Because that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're broadcasting the yeah. 300 theaters for that Fathom event. Yeah, you know, I, um, I'll be really – that's – weird <laughs> um don't think about that when you're up on stage and the cameras i'm actually gonna look at you from backstage and be like don't think about yeah it. you're holding up a sign yeah. being like don't be nervous <laughs> yeah see because right like there's almost a social contract at pax that's unspoken but you, people have been going to that show for a decade now and i've done enough panels where the people come and they know what to expect but when i start when someone in like West Des Moines, Iowa, at a theater fathom of it, yeah, <laughs> and I say something dumb, uh, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people asking for their money back. Oh, <laughs> oh no, 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 no man. Look, So here's here's what happens at at the PAX event, right? Like you'll say something, someone from the crowd will heckle you, you will heckle them back, and we will all laugh. Yeah. This is this is this is a thing that right. has happened, right? And so that's actually what I want to capture, what, what what we hope we capture with these fathom events, right? So people are gonna go to these fathom events in, in groups and in, and hopefully huge groups. Everybody go buy a ticket to fathom event if you can't come to the live game because you will be totally totally. Sad if you don't do it. Um, yeah. But there'll be these huge groups of people, and they'll be yelling green flame, or they'll be laughing, or they'll be making fun of Scott when he does something stupid, or they'll be yeah. la- laughing at, at o- Omen being way too worried about money. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, they'll be doing it with their friends. Right? Yes. I think it's really cool to, you know, there are so many people who can't travel to PAX uh, uh, and get in, even get into the, uh, the Ben and Roy Hall to see it live. Uh, but when I experienced that for the first time, uh, uh, it was, I mean, because I'd watched it on Twitch and be like, oh, yeah, this is funny. Mm-hmm. But seeing it in a theater with a whole group of people, it's totally different. Yeah. And it's not going to be exactly the same uh, uh, in, in all the theaters around the country. Like, you know, it's definitely, you know, watching it happen live in front of you is totally different. But we want to capture that moment of, of, of laughing with your friends uh, uh, and just, you know, just like you do when you're around the table playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I still have it, you know... Uh, uh, figured out how to talk about it eloquently, but that, that feeling that you get from just being in a room full of people watching the same thing yeah. and, and, and going to going to the, the theaters uh, is the closest we can get to you actually being there. So right. we want to make that cool. We're going to do a cool giveaway. We have this cool adventure that you can only get by going to the Fathom Theaters, stuff like that. Oh. But yes, yes. It, it, is not the awesome, it is not the awesome Binwin Bach adventure that we're running at PAX West, by the way, so everybody right. come, come by and go to the Acquisitions Incorporated intern 
uh, event, which will be Very running excited every, about that. every half hour we're running that. So uh, it's a two-hour thing. You go through this cool little spiel where you get to be you get to be uh, become an intern at Acquisitions Inc. Watch watch a cool video, uh, you know, a, an awesome employee training video <laughs> of Acquisitions Inc. And then we're gonna sit you down for uh, an adventure. And that adventure is getting uh, some ingredients for the Binwin box, the bronze bottom I, box. Sorry, bronze bottom box. Yeah. And I might walk by your table and give one of your players a special boon. You that, never know. That might happen, and that's allowable because that's allowable. He's, he's Binwin. So that's all there is to it. He's going to be like, but you, you can get a plus five bonus in your next attack roll if you down that beer. It's like, oh. If it, if it makes anyone feel better uh, about missing it live, I wish I were with you at the theater oh. watching it on the Fathom events. <laughs> do, you, do, you get, do you get stage fright right? while you're up there? Do you, do you, do you no. get a little, little nervous? No, I have the opposite problem, right? So, like, stage fright would be... I'm afraid to go out there, and then I'm nervous the whole time. I don't know what to say, and your mouth gets dry. I've heard all that. I've never had that problem. What happens is I'm really excited. I go out. I feel like I nailed it, and then afterwards I come back, and I'm like, God, I would not shut up. Oh. Or what did I say? Or was that funny? Or did, did that deliver at all? Did any of that land? So like, so like every performer and artist ever is what you're is what you're saying. Like, I guess. That, that, that like, okay, how did I do? Oh man, I sucked. I totally sucked. <laughs> I'm glad you have that. At least you have that moment where you're like, that was awesome. And then you have the I suck later. But from what I've gathered, so many people are, pretty, have that. Well, it's pretty easy to be fired up about it, right? Because um, it always starts off the same way. Because Mike and I sit on the same side. Uh, Mike Hulick and I sit on the same side of the table. So we're always backstage behind a curtain or or right on the other side of a door. Um, Dressed up in cosplay <laughs> outfits, looking at each other, going, "This is our life. We made good decisions. <laughs> like, yeah. we, like th- I can't believe we get to do this." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah!" Like every single time we do that, like, "Can you believe we get to do it again?" Like, um, that's so. Cool. And then you go out, and everyone loses their shit. I mean, like one time you guys had me like bust through a fake wall. <laughs> yeah. And I was oh, like, yeah. "Guys, please don't make me bust through a fake wall." <laughs> I'm a dignified cartoonist, and I <laughs> care about my craft, and I gotta come through a wall and it's going to be dumb and I was that was the only time I was nervous and I busted through it everyone lost their mind <laughs> so you get off stage and you're like wow they really loved it and then everyone's like this is the best one yet and, oh my god it was so funny and you're like oh okay okay you never really get a chance to worry about it yeah, yeah. You just like that night so you're like that guy at the party who like thinks that uh, uh, he said everything amazingly ama- uh, uh, funny, uh, and then you go home and you're like, oh wait, everything I said was terrible, and I was probably being racist, and I don't even know it, and I'm, I'm horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the guy that goes home and apologizes to my wife for all the shit. <laughs> that and that's what it feels like. Uh, the the worst that it ever was, um, the most nervous I ever was, even harder than playing at PAX East this year when I was sick as a dog was. Um, my dad was there for PAX last year. Oh, um, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, he's out there watching this, and, and uh, I really wanted to like it. Then afterwards, I'm like, D- did you like it? And he goes, well, son, I'm going to be honest with you. And I go, what? And he goes, I didn't have my hearing aids, and I didn't oh, hear a lot of it. Oh, no. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fine with that. You're like, in fact, that's probably better. He goes, but it seemed like you were doing great. Like, everyone loved you. Yeah, so I'm think, like, you know what? That if that's your takeaway, I'm fine with that. I think that's last cool. last packs was the one that you mentioned your dad a couple times because you were doing math. It's like my dad's watching this, and uh, all he's math. gonna all he's gonna remember is that I couldn't add seven plus five or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, 
that was boy, I certainly can't do math under pressure. No. <laughs> that was also the one where you were uh, calling out Bob a lot, I think. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. that was my favorite bit. Like Because I've been like, working with Bob Salvatore a lot. I'm going uh, to you know. kill Driss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need more Driss books. Did I ever tell you he contacted me, like, you know, emailed me like a week after and was like, what, uh, what was this I hear about uh, uh, Scott killing off Drist? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I had no idea. I didn't know that was happening. Eh. <laughs> we didn't really kill him, though. No, I no, didn't. No, no, no. You befriended him. He was I all in him. good fun. Yeah, he was, he was just, he was like spread, spreading the razzing around. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is. It's he wrote awesome. a really, really, really nice little uh, cover blurb for the first Table Titans book, and we were just kind of staring at it when, when uh, we got it back from the printer, and it's like we have a Bob, Bob Salvatore talking about this book. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we do. Because so. you talk, you talked to him pretty regularly when you were planning out the 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 whole story for that first season, didn't you? Yeah, I sent a couple emails back and forth, and I was like, uh, uh, um. Hey, you know, they told me you're doing a book kind of around the Silver Marches, and I'm doing this thing where the dwarves are, are trying to uh, finish this tunnel between Felbar and Adbar and, and uh, to get there. And he's like, uh, Well, the tunnel's already built. Can you have it that's already built? And I'm like, Yeah, that works. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, the tunnel between it, it just kind of goes over the Underdark. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And then I said, um, yeah, we're doing this thing with the the uh, Iron Dwarf where everyone's afraid that this the king is the Iron Dwarf and said, I guess I can't kill him. And he goes, well, I was going to do this thing where all the dwarves are at the end and I was going to have him there. But if you want to kill him, I don't care. Go ahead and kill him. I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you can kill him. And I'm like, all right, all right. I'm killing him then. <laughs> <laughs> all so, right, Salvador's not going to kill this guy. I'm killing him. This is, this is the yeah. best. So that was fun. That was really fun. And then it's like, oh god, he's gonna read this. It's, I toiled a lot over season two of Table Titans, but I think it turned out the better for it. So. I think he liked it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, he would. He would have told very, you if he didn't like it. Bob, Bob, Bob is cool about you know what what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know him that well yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a straight shooter. Not in for a bad sure. way, in a good way, in a good way. But back to Ackers and Zinc. Because I, yes. I want to keep talking about this. So we can't talk too much because we haven't aired every episode of the series yet. But uh, you know what the climactic moment is. Don't don't spoil it for people, Scott. I know you're right. Too. I won't. <laughs> um, are you excited to see what goes down? What what Chris has prepared for you uh, at the live Meh. game? Meh. <laughs> no. Yeah, I am. I it is a dumb I question. I apologize. Know. It was a it was a dumb question. No, I'm very excited to see what happens. I think everyone's going to lose their minds when they get to that last episode. When does that last episode end? Uh, so, um, I'm not sure when this is going to air. Uh, uh. Maybe a week or two from now. But I believe we're going to switch to two episodes a week. And oh, then okay. the week before... Oh. And I think, I think there's, there's going to be like a gap of a week before we hit PAX. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. I'll, I'll have to look at so mid August. I'll have to look at, at the numbers. It'll be it'll either be the last week of August or the week before the last week of August. Okay. That that the last episode airs. Oh, so, right so up, it'll be right up right oh, up in there. Awesome. If I remember correctly, yeah. So it's it's been really awesome, like watching people be excited about about Pax and have a thing to talk about leading up into Pax West. Uh, and it's I'm I'm really excited. You know, before we had a a Pax West event that had the climax. Sorry, a PAX East event, and then had the climax at PAX Prime. And then like, yeah. Yeah, this year, we have the, the series, which leads all the way up into PAX West. So yes, yeah. if, you, if you want to be prepared for PAX West, go out and walk, watch all the PAX, uh, sorry, the Acquisitions Inc. series videos up till now. And then, and then stick with it every week, because 
It's gonna be awesome. You just binge it, like uh, like yeah, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah, I binge. I, well, man, I can't binge Stranger Things because I've actually have convinced my wife to watch it with me, which is great. Uh, uh, and it's good. Uh, yes, I have it's to watch so one episode slowly because that's cause fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I just can't. I can't handle it. I can't. Like I did Daredevil all in like a day and a half. <laughs> like one day I watched it till I just got so so tired, and then the next day I finished the episodes. There's a lot of punching. Yes, there is, a lot of, there is a lot of punching and angstiness yeah. and, and not exactly being blind because, you know, he cheats. Uh, but, you know, uh, it was cool. But anyways, PAX. I'm excited for PAX. I'm also, I, I want to I execute on all these cool things we're doing. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I was like, can we get to PAX? All this Wait, cool stuff I have planned? You want to kill them? No. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, I, always, I always go in waiting for Chris Perkins to kill one of them. I know. And be like, can this happen? Can you really? Can you really kill somebody? Oh, I'd love it if he killed Benwin. It'd be it'd be weird, man. It'd be cool. Would I mean, you start? Those... Would, you, would you start selling like zombie Benwin shirts? I'm not sure what would happen after that. Um, I don't know, man. There's all kinds of cool things when you can do if a character dies. No, uh, I'm gonna tell Chris by man. the way. Waiting for Benwin to die. check it off so the list. Like, uh, um, it would be totally fun to play him as a ghost. <laughs> that would be or, awesome. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if you and can have him just haunt everyone. Possess people. Turn, yeah, turn everybody into a barbarian. <laughs> possess Jim. That's that that's that's Jim Win, by the way. It's not Yeah, Jim Win yeah, and Omen Win. Yeah. Oh my god. Omen Win. Omen Win. Omen Win. Oh my god, I totally VR is the hardest. Vinwin's ghost. I mean it's VR Win. I like Vinwin's ghost. VR Win. See? It would be so cool. So even if this doesn't happen, this is now like alternate headcanon for me. Right. He, yeah. He, he goes through. Right. It's like like the intro is like, Ben Win possessing his friends. And so it's, it's cool. I like it. It's... Yeah, it's like the ghost and Mrs. Mirror, but it's with Ben Win. Exactly. Wow. That's a – kids, Google that one. Kids, <laughs> and that we're one. all old. You too can learn about references. Eventually, yeah. they're going to realize they have to replace us all with younger versions, and then I don't know what I'm going to do, so go home and play D&D and hang out with my puppies. I think that's called life. They yeah. Just, yeah. eventually get replaced oh, by younger versions. This is true. Man, that's, that's depressing. All yeah, right. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh, so, no, I want to go back to ask you something, Scott, because you mentioned how you and Mike always sit together. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's kind of been that way all along, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of what it would be like if you had to sit next to Omen or if all of a sudden, you know, Viari was on your side of the table? Would that change the uh, dynamic, do you think? I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think that's cool. I'm very comfortable with Mike there, and uh, I like looking across to Jerry too. So, um, uh, you like st- staring into his his sexy eyes? Is that what I'm hearing? Is it just yeah. from from comfortability? Like you know, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I always sat in the same seat in the in the homeroom every single time, even though you didn't have to. Like, is it because of that, or is it because of just the relationship you guys have built? Um, a couple things. I think as uh. Just from a creator standpoint, consistency is 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 important, mm-hmm. um, and I think it has uh, a power to it, right? Um, so, always, always being on the, the right side, actually like, facing the stage on the right side of the table, that's my spot, and I I like it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like um, Norm's spot on Cheers, right. right? Like, um, so I think from a creative standpoint, it's good to maintain that. And then also because um, I think Mike and I play well off each other and I like um, – there's a lot of jokes we tell each other on stage um, privately, quietly, and um, we play back and forth on that too. Um, and I wouldn't want him across the table for that. It was really weird when he DM'd because I kept looking to my left and Perkins was there. No. <laughs> um, 
So it, it yeah, it's definitely different when he's not there. So yeah, I saw you guys. I saw you try to whisper to him a couple of times. I saw a few a few jokes being passed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Perkins appreciated that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. yeah. It's it's it's, it's always been my... it's always been awesome watching the dynamic at the table, kind of having like uh, well, especially for me once once uh, uh, Rothfuss joined with Viari, you have these uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to call them like verbal types. Yeah, like the the the, the types and the jokey types on the table, yeah. and like just watching it go back and forth, and like everybody working together and like bouncing off each other really well, like all four of you, not just you know not just the, the, the two kind of that we got used to. Yeah, was super awesome. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I definitely see see the chemistry on both sides of the table there. So Mike's guess- humor is very quick. He really impresses me sometimes with um, where he goes on a joke. I'm more of the um, insulty Don Rickles kind of hmm. um, crude stuff. Yeah. But um, although every once in a while I get punny, but um, <laughs> there, the one um, uh, there was one. I don't know if it's happened uh, if it was in the AI series or not. But another wizard asked Jim, well, how many spells are in your spell book? And Jim goes, you just have the one. And that, dest- I mean, Mike came up with that so fast. You just have the one book. And it, <laughs> it just destroyed me. I, I'm not that quick. Yeah. So I like well, the dynamic. I feel, like, then- I feel like sometimes you are. So if I remember last, last PAX East, Jim was dying. And you were like, right. Jim, no. You still owe me ten bucks, right? Yeah. Like, like that was that was one of the, my favorite moments of, of almost any pack, just the way it was delivered and, and all that stuff. So you 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 can be witty, sir. I appreciate it. I think Jerry's got such an and Jerry and Patrick are different in the way they're verbose too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely great. Because Patrick's very um, prosaic, and then. Uh, um, uh, well, no, poetic. And then Jerry gets very, uh, the way he talks is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> he gets and really, he gets really different. into to, to Omen being, you know, all money. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super yeah. Cool. So, um, no, it's really good. I, you know, I really enjoyed, um, Morgan playing. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it would have been fun to, it would be fun to have her back, but, um, VR has become such a institution. I guess he should be promoted at some point. Well, he's like sub intern now, right? Like, isn't yeah. He, isn't, so hasn't he been like pushed up one level at least? Well, so. sub sounds like it's below. Oh, sorry, intern. no, he, he was he, like everybody else is a sub intern. So he's, he's, he's like he's the a, first he's an intern. intern. Yeah, he can he gets to manage sub interns apparently, right? So yeah, there are he has lackeys now. He must. Well, according to that adventure he ran at at uh, Pax East, he definitely has lackeys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I guess that's canon now because <laughs> that we, is we we say so. <laughs> That's uh, a good. It's a good group. Well, I feel like if I keep talking about pack stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil things. So I just want to remind people: go watch the Acquisitions Inc. series. If you can't make yeah. it to packs, definitely check out that Fathom event. I, yeah, grab I'm, your fans. I'm curious. I I think that would be totally fun to go do. Yeah, I've I've got friends who uh, I know are going uh, out in Des Moines in Texas because I've already talked to them about it. Nice. Oh, um, are they really doing it in Des Moines? I was joking. Yeah, it's um, gonna be in Des Moines. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm believe, I believe there's a theater in Des Moines. You're from Des Moines? Uh, I grew up in West Des Moines, yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I spent two years there when my wife was in med school. I think we talked about that before. We might have. We, we talked have. a lot, and we forget more stuff than, than yeah, we actually we do. remember at this point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's well, I don't want to say it's everywhere, but there's generally, if, if you can get to a, a, a movie Those theater. Those are fun. My dad, went, my dad and I went to a Fathom event where they did a, I think it was, um, they showed the uh, Star Trek episodes, the... The menagerie or the cage, yeah. that one. 
Oh, cool. And then they had this whole intro with uh, Roddenberry's son and stuff. It was fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those events are pretty cool. Yeah. They've they done, it... um, like, usually they get, usually they get a little bit um, uh, NPR-ish, right? Like, it goes, oh, Philip Glass. Um, this is going to squat and you're like, oh, God. Oh, God. He's <laughs> playing the, events, it's, please. Yeah. No, this is so definitely one of the more entertaining ones. Men drinking tea. Uh, quietly. <laughs> <laughs> now, this would basically be Rowd and, and Rockets and be part yeah. of the Acquisitions Inc. crowd as usual. So that's that's everywhere. So episodes, Fathom events, uh, watch the live game at PAX if you can. Also, if you're mm-hmm. at PAX, you have to play in the Acquisitions Inc. intern adventures. Yes, please Plus, come over to the Oh, gaming. go ahead. <laughs> I, I want everyone to come over to that gaming area and try out the adventure yes it's the second floor of the annex we also have some awesome D merch and there will be some table titans and acquisitions and merch as well oh yeah run nice. by the toonhound gang they're going to be making sure people get get swagged up with with uh shirts and all sorts of that's stuff that's true that's true i love that you'll be uh, uh giving boons to people and i'm hoping that's not a euphemism oh no i will be booning we're not le- <laughs> we're not we're not legally covered at the event for euphemism so okay i don't, oh. don't want to deal with any well, eu- euphemistic cleanup <laughs> all right, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> there will be booms and curses. <laughs> and yes, we are also running the introduction to adventures for Storm King's Thunder, at, oh. which is our new cool story, which Acquisitions Inc. will show you all about if you've been watching uh, the episodes or watched the live game. So, um, all sorts of D&D. Come by Second Floor Annex, go to the live game, go to the Fathom stuff, watch the series. Okay, there we go. I got like all my plugs in. You got everything. I'm going to retire. Yeah. Yep. Out. I can't drop the mic. It's on the thing. So that was pretend I dropped the mic. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone said recently, anyone who anyone who drops a mic is someone who's never bought a mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. You know, if, if you're like a big performer and like, yeah, if they're they're, and you're just like, I don't buy these things. They're just provided for right. me or they're Please on some bill that I don't look at. drop mics. <laughs> don't drop that. I never, I always wanted to find out from the people who like smash guitars and stuff. It's and the same like, thing. You're like, come on. That's a, like a that's my guitar. Yeah. What are you doing? It's only when you can spend lots of money on it's and it's all, it's also more out of fashion now. You don't see too many smashing guitars anymore. The age who of rock, the age that? of rock and roll who was is over. Did that first? Who? The person who? to oh. smash <laughs> This is the first Google we've had on guitars. On Pete Towns. The podcast. I was just gonna say okay, I was who? gonna guess the Who with Pete Towns. Was oh. the first guitar smashing rock artist? Yeah. Those Who. Those who... Well, anyway, Scott, it's been awesome having you. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if I keep talking, I'll spoil stuff. Do you want to say anything on your way out that's, that's appropriate um, for the please, air? Please come see us at PAX. And yeah. if you can't, which is possible because tickets sell out fast and then yes. people who get to see us are a subset of even that, um, definitely go to one of the Fathom events. Hey, What's up? Especially if you're in town. There's probably a theater not too far from PAX showing it. There is, in There fact, will be. Just we, a block yeah, away. We actually, we actually might have a plan oh. for something like that, but okay, I don't want to spoil right. too many details yet. But You're all about so, spoiling. I'm just saying there's then, a plan, and there'll be a cool <laughs> plan, and I will let people know what that plan is later. And then uh, um, read Table Titans at tabletitans.com. Uh, read PvP at pvponline.com. Support our new Patreon if you're interested. And then... Uh, at PAX, don't eat at Dragonfish because um, I 
want to ease, more easily get a seat. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Keep all the people away from Dragonfish Cafe. Yeah, it's terrible. Don't go to Dragonfish. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or every, everybody who goes to Dragonfish, always add one more person in your party than's actually there when you sit down so that Scott can just come in and join anybody he wants. <laughs> yes, so. exactly. That's, that's the or other part. go to Dragonfish and save me a seat. Do you know how you can make sure you eat with Scott or at least increase your chances? Go to Dragonfish. Yes. But don't go to Dragonfish because I'm pretty sure I saw like a, a ratfish walk across oh, the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, you can't go there. You got to uh, add that out in post. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now, we're now that's, like Now that's, we're like slander. No, but, but it's, Wait, a, it's is, a fantasy. Is it, is it I mean, or it's a fantasy thing. It's not real. A, dra- a, a, dra- a ratfish? A ratfish? Yeah. I mean, there's a catfish, so like, maybe maybe on. catfish chase ratfish. I don't know. It's true. I don't understand any of this. Uh, it's libel is written and slander is spoken. There so we go. Slander. All I know <laughs> is that it's a new Pokemon Go character that you can catch. It's, there we go. Only a dragonfish. Yeah, dragonfish. <laughs> and we brought it all back. Yes. Well, thank you, Scott. Everybody, thank you. listen thank to him you. And, and go read his comics. Tito. All right. It, thank you for having me on the podcast again. <laughs> I feel like I'm a guest. How interesting I come now. So this is awesome. It was fun. So a guest of a guest. A guest of a guest. Oh, Can't wait to see you uh, uh, during PAX, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll yeah, see you during PAX. Fun. And hopefully we'll see a lot of you during PAX. Or if we don't see you, we'll hear about what you thought of the Cool Fathom event. So, uh, yeah. We will see slash talk slash read you soon. If you ever want to talk to us, uh, you can catch me. Uh, actually, it's the underscore Trevor underscore kid now. It's changed. That's right. Uh, or you can go to the uh, Dungeons and Dragons Twitter account, which is just Wizards underscore D and D. And Mr. Tito can be found at Greg Tito. And Mr. Scott can be found at uh, at PVP Online. There we go. So we can you can tweets at all of us, and it's good times. Yeah. But until it, go ahead. I just said tweet us, tweet us, tweet us, and then I'll I'll, I'll leave you to pimp out the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You can uh, if you want to give any uh, comments to us. We're on the iTunes, and if you rate and uh, review us, it only just makes more people aware of the awesomeness of Dungeons and Dragons and Acquisitions Incorporated and PvP Online. Yes. We're so, on the iTunes. We're, we're on, on the iTunes, iTunes, everyone. And if you don't, yeah. if you don't want to get the podcast on the iTunes, you can always get it from the website. And we are looking at other places to put the podcast. Yeah. Out because you can get it on other places. It's just as long as you have the RSS feed uh, figured out. Yeah. Uh, those of you savvy listeners out there. I'm looking at you and tipping my hat. Yeah, really. It looks well like he was done. At, he was looking at me and it was really weird. I so know. I'm glad you. You are. Out you are the you other were. listeners. Yeah. There we go. I'm glad. Yeah. We're on the iTunes. I like this character. <laughs> a man missed a question on the Jeopardy show because he didn't know what know what Deuteronomy was. <laughs> Send me an electronic mail. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna draw this guy now, right? Put him in the comic. Probably. <laughs> I, I approve of all this. I all right, it. Scott. It was awesome talking yep. with you. And uh, we will talk to you again. And thank you all for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.